My name is DJ Bongo Boy. My name is MC Zirconium. It's a serious business. Isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to a somewhat random edition of the show entitled... Triangular Tones. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking this would be a new release show. It's not entirely a new release show. We've got a few old things. But there's things that have recently arrived on the moon. Let's just say that. You've recently become aware of them. They've recently drifted into your sphere of awareness. Oh, the sphere. That's right. It's a bit similar to the orb. Praise it. Yes. In amongst all of those exciting new arrivals, we do, of course, have MC Zirconi and his unnecessary news. We frequently receive inquiries from parties who contemplate building cheese factories regarding certain details which none but those who have actual experience can readily carry out. For the benefit of all needing such information, we have taken pains to prepare the following. (laughs) If that's not a cliffhanger, I don't know what is. We're going to get underway by laying down a theme that we don't stick with for the rest of the show with a little double bill of real, oh yes, real 80s business funk.
if you're wondering what that sound is, it's the sound of international business. Two. <laughs> Graham de Wilde there with a track called Transport International with an optional E in parentheses, <laughs> depending on whether or not you're frailing French and continental or not. That's right. And before that, the invincible <laughs> sound, for that is the track's name, of, of Nigel, Nigel Bates. <laughs> from an album called Electronic Chapel mm. AV Series, of course. Yes, of course. Now, Graham. Mm. It seems like I'm calling you Graham, <laughs> but I'm not. Well, some of our more attentive listeners will remember that recently we tweeted and Facebooked a rather beautiful piece of cover art from this album, International Business 2. It moved you deeply, didn't it? I was almost in tears when I saw it. Oh, I was. I was. I was choking <laughs> back the tears. I was like, how can this be? It is magnificent. It makes me want to see what International Business 1 looks like. <laughs> well, that's the question, isn't it? Where is it? It's taunting us now. It is. Completest everywhere. We need at least one more International Business Funk album. I had absolutely no intention of playing anything from this album because it's just such a beautiful piece of visual. It seems wrong to actually play it. It, it In does. case it's absolute drivel. But fortunately, it's not. It's rather good, actually. Good old Graham DeWild, who uh, <laughs> I wonder if that's his real name, but... Uh, he was giving us the business, ladies yes. and gentlemen. Mm. This comes from a small van load of library records I picked up recently in Brighton. This is actually 80s era KPM, where they moved away from their plain green sleeves to these amazing 80s graphic design masterpieces. A complete change of direction. Preceded by Nigel Bates from Electronic. Tough call, this one. There's quite a few great tracks on this album. Yes, it's powerful stuff. I don't envy you the choices that you had to make. Listen, <laughs> these difficult choices have to be made every time they do. we make an episode of Project Moonbase, which seems to be becoming increasingly infrequent, if that's possible. <laughs> Increasing in frequency. Is that a mathematical impossibility? Probably. Mm. Listeners, friend us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and tell people. Now, we have more library music, uh, this time from the early 70s from Italy. A duo who recorded a couple of albums under the name of The Brayans Machine. This is a duo who credit themselves on the album as being Brayan and Gisteri. It turns out that these are actually quite big in the Italian music library scene. We've got Alessandro Alessandroni, who of course is famous whistler for Sergio Leone, amongst other things. A gentleman who I'm not that familiar with, Oronzo De Filippi, but they're both working under the direction of a certain Piero Emiliani, no less. <gasps> Gasp, listeners, that's right. That was a genuine gasp. <laughs> We're going to play a track from this album called Temi Ritmici e Dinamici, Dynamic and Rhythmical Themes, that is. If you were lucky enough to find a vinyl copy of this album, you'd uh, shout out the best part of £1,000 for this. £1,000? Thankfully, thankfully, it's been reissued on CD, and I'm sure in downloads. So you can get it for tuppence. You can get it <laughs> for tuppence. This is a track from this album, a fantastic album called Gara.
listeners, is a contemporary track. It's just happened. It's just been birthed by DMX Crew, and it's called Spiritual Encounter from an album called You Exist. I know DMX Crew, but how do you? That's the question. How do you know? It's very 80s sounding, and I mean that in a good way. You know, the best of the 80s, i.e. the stuff that came afterwards. (laughs) Yes. And before that, the uh, the delightful Brain Machine, a sort of new discovery for us with Mm. their track Gara. Wonderful. Wow. Italian, well, I won't say business funk again. Yeah. Because it's um, it's not really business funk in the way that those other tracks are business funk, but I think it delivered the business. Yeah. Light administration funk, perhaps. Admin funk. <laughs> not executive funk. Executive assistant <laughs> funk, I'd say, <laughs> if we're really wanting to slice and dice those genres. <laughs> now, this uh, brand new DMX Crew album gives us a chance to mention extraordinary news that a Spanish record label called Fundamental Records are about to release a box set of 12... 12-inch singles, which celebrate no less than 20 years' worth of work from the great Ed MX of DMX Crew. So um, if you would like to own 12 12-inch singles... Who wouldn't? Yes. It's quite a box, isn't it? That is quite a... It's going to have to be a fairly sturdy box, I it's would say. It's going to have to be quite a... Maybe a wooden box. It'd be nice if it was a wooden box. Well, now, if it isn't, everyone's going to be disappointed. <laughs> I don't know. What's an 80s-style box? Mm. don't know. I'm stumped. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> Listeners, what did they make boxes out of in the 80s? Good question. Did they have cardboard back then? (laughs) I think they did. Listeners, weigh in. We're on Twitter, as we mentioned. Follow us, tweet to us. We will respond. Sometimes we won't. We'll just leave you hanging because that's what we're like. That reminds me, we do actually pay attention to our Twitter feed, and we should thank our Canadian correspondent, uh, Ambassador, I should say, for, for confirming the fact that Vancouver does in fact have beaches. Mm-hmm. Nudie beaches as well. Although <laughs> how she knows that, yeah. I don't know. A person of her tender years should obviously not be uh, exposed to the world of elderly German men with no trousers. <laughs> It's a horrific thought. In fact, I wish I hadn't said that now. <laughs> and in case you're wondering, yes, I know Vancouver isn't in Germany, but you can guarantee if they've got a nudist beach there, there will be Germans. <laughs> and if you are German, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, we've just had a spiritual encounter, so what's next? Yes, well, we'll be shortly going off on a very lovely, dreamy journey from a brand new, oh, newish release. But before then, dear listener, it's time for us to connect the three dots of unnecessary news. Origami robot can be swallowed mm. in pill and then sent on missions in the human body. Just like the Fantastic Voyage. It is, isn't it? Listen, if you've ever seen the Fantastic Voyage... <laughs> They filmed a lava lamp, didn't they? <laughs> and then they projected that on the backdrop of uh, crummy spaceships. So you'd be like, oh, that's what the internals of a yeah. body look like, a, a lava lamp. <laughs> Sorry, I'm giving away Hollywood secrets there. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Small and circular lithium batteries are a particular risk for small children, as they can easily be swallowed accidentally and kill you. <laughs> so that's awful. There's a little bit of sadness early on in this story. In trials conducted by the MIT-led team, the original origami robot rolled towards a lithium battery before attaching itself. With the help of an external magnet, the robot was then able to drag the battery away. Mm. Where to? Science. Where to? No one knows. (laughs) The scientists say the robot and any foreign object it is tasked with removing can leave the body by being dragged towards the gut and then passed naturally through the bum hole. (laughs) It's really exciting to see our small origami robots popping out of a bumhole, said Daniela Russ. No, she didn't say that. We've got a link to the video. What she said was, it's really exciting to see our small origami robots doing something with potentially important applications to healthcare, said uh, Danielle Russ, professor of electrical engineering and computer science at MIT. Professor Russ was initially sceptical about the importance of ensuring the robot could remove batteries from children's intestines until Shuhei Miyashita gave her a crude demonstration. Shuhei bought a piece of ham and he put a battery on it, said the professor. Within half an hour, the battery was fully (laughs) submerged in the ham. So that made me realise that, yes, this is important. And it's a great trick at parties. I bet that was a tense half hour, wasn't it? Do you think they were just staring at that battery on the ham for half an hour, just sipping a G&T, going, what are we looking for here? What's happening? 
So if you have a battery in your body, you really want it out as soon as possible, she said. Yeah, no kidding. The robot is made from the same type of dried pig intestine used in sausage casings. <laughs> it's hoped the device will be available for clinical use in six to eight years, he said. Apparently half an hour is already too long, so hang on. <laughs> what am I going to do about that battery, though? It's already submerged in the ham. There's no way out. In other news, a Chinese cartoon warns against dangerous love with foreigners who may be spies. In a colourful 16-panel cartoon called Dangerous Love, China is warning female government workers that romancing handsome foreign strangers can lead to heartbreak and espionage. Posters seen around Beijing show a cartoon government worker named Zhao Li striking up a relationship with a bespectacled red-haired visiting scholar. They share a romantic dinner, danger, and stroll through a leafy park, danger. Having a handsome, romantic, talented foreign boyfriend is pretty nice, Lee says to herself, even if he is a redhead. But pretty nice turns to nightmarish after Lee's new paramour persuades her to lend him internal government documents. <laughs> Suddenly, the foreign boyfriend is nowhere to be found. Lee weeps in front of two gruff police officers who tell her she has a shallow understanding of secrecy for a state employee. Now steady on, gruff police officers. Is that any way to talk to a heartbroken government official? Dangerous Love was posted in Beijing subways and streets to mark National Security Education Day. Ooh, that does sound like a fun day, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. In a statement, the district government in Beijing says that it would display the poster to educate its employees about keeping classified information confidential and reporting to state security agencies if they spot any spying activity or redheads. Chinese pedestrians seem mostly ambivalent about the posters. Some expressed scepticism, such as one passing man who said, how could ordinary people know anything about state secrets? Well, you don't know what's supposed to be secret, do you? Everything could be secret, in which case we're all in a lot of trouble. <laughs> On the other hand, one woman told the Times that she agreed with the ominous warning. I don't come into contact with foreigners at work, but if there was a foreigner making advances, I would definitely ask him what kind of job he did before dating him. I'd be alert. That's right. If you ask him, he will have to say, oh, I am a spy. That's the mistake the other lady made. One thing about spies, they're very honest. <laughs> are you or are you not a spy? I'm a spy. Oh, nuts. That's how you catch them out. That reminds me of those hilarious customs forms you have to fill in on the flights into America. Are you a terrorist? Please take this box. Have you any designs on assassinating the president? Well, I did have. <laughs> but now you've asked me, my face is red. Dangerous Love, the Chinese poster, has parallels with another tale, this one told by the FBI. In 2014, the FBI released a 28-minute short film entitled Game of Pawns. That's pawns. About Glenn Duffy Shriver, who in a textbook case was recruited in Shanghai by an attractive Chinese woman into working for Chinese intelligence. Shriver was later sentenced to a US federal prison for attempting to provide national defense information to the People's Republic of China intelligence officers. That's not allowed. No, apparently not. He didn't know that. If you ever get any documents from any government, then you will know these are not desirable items. They are deadly dull, and spying is not all fistfights and martinis. It's mostly just paperwork. <laughs> and what do you think would happen if they posted something about Chinese girls in British universities, where maybe 50% of students are Chinese girls? I think it would be open man-weeping and bankrupt universities. <laughs> I say we can afford to lose a few reports on farm subsidies and wetlands preservation. In fact, I wonder if you can specify on one of those dating sites will take Chinese spies, girlfriend. <laughs> Tick. I have red hair. Japanese travel agency offers to seat you next to a pretty girl during your flight. <laughs> Air travel doesn't have to be all terror. After the security people have finished molesting you and you finally make it onto the plane, now a Japanese agency called HIS is offering you a service to keep you entertained for a fee. You can sit next to a pretty young college student. <laughs> Applications are being accepted to be seated next to one of five young women ranging from second to fourth year students of Todai, as the University of Tokyo is popularly called. The profile for each included her field of study with one literature student Two aspiring engineers, mm, lady engineers, one science major, science, 
And one pupil from the education department available for in-cabin companionship. Each also had a suggested conversation topic listed, such as, I'll teach you about the city you're travelling to. I'll tell you my favourite architectural structures. Castles. I'll help you with your homework. There was also one woman with the less scholarly invitation of, let's talk about comedies. The programme was controversial, as some people thought that it was sexist. HIS has since shut it down. Oh. Boo. Yes, this is clearly silly, but they just needed a man version. How about a trainee gym instructors? Their suggested conversation topics could include, let me tell you about the internal combustion engine, should you buy a ferret, and ask me anything about the arsenal. (laughs) A budget airline could have somewhat um, unappealing characters that you could sit next to and get a saving on your flight. I mean, that just happens anyway, doesn't it? That That just happens anyway. You have been newsed. Grana Padeno. Thank you, Mr. Conium. Thank you, sir. Thank you for letting me sit next to you during this week's unnecessary news. It's all right. That was lovely, though. It was delightful. That sounded like a bit of an insult, but that was absolutely delightful, I think. That, uh, restful. Restful. You know what it was like? It was like you're on some kind of a canoe mm. floating in some sort of Hawaiian, off a Hawaiian island somewhere. That's what it seemed like to me. Mm. Very wafty. A little bit Hawaiian. Does that seem insane? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was from a relatively recently released album on the Spanish Elephant label, which we have featured. They, I think they featured quite heavily on our Kawaii show. They produce quite a lot of Kawaii music, Elephant Records. Kawaii rhymes with Hawaii. It, there we are. There's the connection. <laughs> Listeners, we put it together. Get me some more hairy string and a couple more pins. We can mm. put this on the giant crazy mood board. It explains the entire show. It's like a 15-mile psycho board connected together with hairy string and Polaroids, things cut out of magazines. It's pretty good, that. I liked it. It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, this is from a, a new album. I think it's actually the debut album from a band called Ico Cherie or Ico Cherie. Uh, this is a project from Marie Merlet, who used to be in a band with Leticia Sadier called Monade. But she's now gone off to start this other trio at the moment. I think it's a fluctuating lineup, but at the moment it's a trio. 
I had the great delight of uh, catching them live in London recently. And uh, I bought this particular album on the strength of that track because I did this track live and I was quite surprised to hear a, a nice Sun Ra song done. <laughs> <laughs> a nice Sun Ra song. That's a very small compilation, isn't it? It is. It is. Sun Ra, just the nice ones. Just the nice tracks. The ones that aren't terrifying. I think that was originally a single that he released under the name of The Cosmic Rays back in the 50s, but uh, that's a lovely new French version, a translated version into French. Was that translated from Space African? Yes, from Saturnian. Mm. <laughs> it's this kind of obscure, I'm not going to say humour, but because um, that would be pushing it. Yes. Well, it's this kind of chat that keeps people coming back mm. once or twice before they get really sick of it. <laughs> and they're like, what are these two twits talking about? Yes. Yes. And we've got over 200 episodes of that nonsense. <laughs> it's all pretty much like this. Oh, yes. So if you are a new listener, congratulations for making it sort of halfway through. Mm. Don't give up. You can do it. Now, the next two tracks have both been sent to us free of charge, dear listener. Oh, we're so connected. Some very, very kind and lovely uh, record labels. First up, we've got the uh, latest release from uh, Buried Treasure. The label, of course, who have put out that great uh, John Baker compilation and they've released a uh, Delaware Road project as well. Oh, yes. This is a new album, a debut album from a duo called The Dandelion Set. This is Glyn Bigger Bush and PK Chone with some contributions here and there from uh, Alan Moore, strangely enough. <laughs> Alan Moore? Alan Moore is still alive. He's, he's still what alive. What a delight. I'm very glad to hear it. I think he's written some of the lyrics and he pops up occasionally on his with his brummy accent on a couple of tracks. You won't hear him on this next tune. This is called The Tone Garden. This is The Tone Garden. This is where we plant our sounds and set our notes one by one, all in a row, that will grow one day into beautiful song.
Listening Centre with a track called Triangular Shift from the album Fractures, which is apparently a audiological transmission artefact. The third one, Fractures, is a gathering of studies and explorations that take as their starting point the year 1973. A time when there appeared to be a schism in the fabric of things, a period of political, social, economic and industrial turmoil when the 60s utopian ideals seemed to corrupt and turn inwards. So enjoy that. (laughs) Yes, and this is uh, on the Year in the Country label, which, uh, and again, they very kindly sent us a copy of this album, and it's uh, a lovely thing too. Terrifying. Slightly terrifying. It's lovely slash terrifying. Which is what you want. That's what 1973 was like, listeners, if you weren't there. I was. I think there was a hint of the tomorrow people in that track for me it was like a kind of a tomorrow people pop song Mm. but i think also a bit more sort of more terrifying 70s science fiction because the tomorrow people was a little bit twee whereas this is a more kind of um a little bit more terrifying yes and i turned up the terror a little bit more terrifying nothing wrong with that we need a little bit of scariness now and again you had some dreaminess earlier on and now you're getting some terror (laughs) that's the way it works on project Moonbase. that is the way the orb prays it wants it (laughs) And before that, Tone Garden from the Dandelion Mm. set from an album called A Thousand Strands, 1975 to 2015. Very good value, that, because that's quite a while. That's quite quite a quite a long time. Yes. And you can get that on a limited edition vinyl record with a colour insert sheet. Oh, an insert sheet. (laughs) You go to projectmoonbase.com slash triangular, you will will see links to all of these albums, so you can uh, own them for yourself. Uh, Now... A uh, track from an album which hasn't come out yet. Oh, it's the future, ladies and gentlemen. We promise <laughs> we, we promise you can have some bits of the future, and here is one. Uh, I didn't realise, but um, Massimo Martellotta, he of Italian library music enthusiasts Calibro 35, has uh, for a while now been doing a daily TV show on Italian TV. Each, uh, each episode is only five minutes long, mind you. <laughs> but uh, basically him and his retro-style band, not Calibro 35, but a whole bunch of other extraordinary musicians, play uh, some lovely tunes, and then they invite uh, various Italian pop stars on to uh, sing, I think, a mixture of, uh, you know, classic tunes like Mana Mana, for example, which is on this album, and some new music that's written in that style. They call themselves Il Complesso di Tada, which I think translates as the Tada Complex, (laughs) which I like. And uh, it's coming out in June. 500 copies on vinyl again, if you would like vinyl. But we're going to play the opening track on the album, which is called Veloce Non Troppo.
time for yourself. This is your special day. Self-esteem. Positive thinking. Warm feeling inside. I like myself. Success. suitably confident after that (laughs) track which was in fact called the confidence song Mm. by musical genius and historian dario russo from a well it's just um i think it's an ep EP, just called confidence it's got a lovely picture of a golden retriever (laughs) yes looking i suppose confident or contented what a stirring piece of music that is and um, made all the sweeter by the fact that finally finally after years, <laughs> we managed to get a retweet from Dario Russo. <laughs> We've been tweaking his nose, prodding him in the ribs since we found out about his amazing show, Danger 5. Mm. Check it out. Probably the best show ever created. And an important way to learn about history. Oh, it is. You know, from the mind of a genuine historian. Counterfactual in ways, some might say, but nevertheless, mm. very, very moving stuff. And Dario tweeted, after our dinosaur show last episode, projectmoonbase.com forward slash dinosaurs. He tweeted to us, dino music, the only music. It's like we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> Dario Russo and us, eye to eye. It's like Kismet. Listeners, there was a ripple on the moon base when that happened, wasn't there? It was like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen it in a stadium where everyone joins hands and they do like a Mexican wave. It was like that. I mean, there's only two of us. It's a moon base wave. There's only two of us. It went back and forth a few times, didn't it? (laughs) It did. Back and rippled back and forth a couple of times. You don't need to picture it, but it was moving. It was a moving situation. I think I've I've said enough. Before that, Veloci non troppo from Il Complesso di Tada. That was pretty pretty spicy stuff as it well, was. wasn't it? A double helping, one of of kind of retro Italian greatness, mm. and then another one of just pure confidence. <laughs> Because it's important for us, listeners, that you are confident Mm. in yourselves so you can go forwards and say to people, yes, I am a strong, confident man slash woman slash LGBTWA, (laughs) XYZ, I don't know, I can't remember, but all of you guys, I am one of whatever that is. And, you know, I listen to Project Moonbase. You should too. Yeah. If you want. You know, I'm not going to push you, but it's pretty good. (laughs) I'm hoping this marks a move. Uh, it's a hint of perhaps what Dario Russo's next project is going to be. Maybe he's going to make a series of uh, motivational cassette tapes. Well, I was hoping for an all-dog show. As a dog, <laughs> as a former human mm. in the body of a dog, I was hoping for an all-dog show. 
You can find us at projectmoonbase.com. Uh, you can also find the show on Stitcher. We're also available on Mixcloud and, of course, the mighty iTunes. Mm, which keeps changing. <laughs> Just changed. <laughs> we got a five-star review. Fantastic podcast five stars. Wow. By Air NH from the United States of America on the 5th of May, 2016. What a fantastic podcast. This show is a real gem. So glad to have found a new favourite podcast to listen to at work. I am a regular listener of Chris Kendall and John Adams. Oh no, but, 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 ah, are we putting a plug for another podcast show in our podcast review? I am a regular listener of Chris Kendall and John Adams on the Hoax Busters Call podcast, and they mention that your show is one of their favourites. Oh. And very well done. <laughs> they were absolutely accurate. <laughs> From across the pond. Thank you for the great tunes and hilariously witty commentary. Well, goodness me. I'm crying. <laughs> Holding back the tears. Well, thank you, ANH, for listening. And thank you, Chris Kendall and John Adams of the Hoax Busters Call podcast. A pair of gentlemen skeptics. We take uh, a skeptical approach here on the moon, with the exception of the moon pope and the orb, praise it. Yes. They, of course, have our undiluted affection and unthinking loyalty with a little, just a little bit of blind obedience. Oh, yes. Now we have a track about a cat. <laughs> oh, dear. Sorry about that. Mm. To all of our dog lovers out there. This is another album I picked up with a, the batch of uh, library music records I acquired. This is a, a weird and wonderful record from 1976 by grandfather of the Moog, or one of them anyway, <laughs> the great Walter Carlos, no less. He, of course, have switched on Bach. But uh, for this album, he's done, well, the album's called By Request, so you can probably guess what the uh, the idea is. Obviously, people have been tapping him on the shoulder and saying, could you have to do a bit of this, do a bit of that? So he's done a, what seems to be quite a popular thing of the day and done a bit of Bach, a bit of Beatles and a bit of Bacharach. Alliteration. That's what that is. Yes. And I have to say, as you will hear shortly, it sounds like he's been listening to a bit of Jean-Jacques Perret for this next one. Good. I, mean, I should hope it's, so. We've got a bit of a Perry and Kingsley style about it. This is the extraordinary version of What's Up Pussycat by Walter Carlos. <laughs> Beep, 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 beep,
That was Warp 9's theme from Star Trek there, all played by synthesizer genius Terry Manning. I suspect that he has more than the standard 10 fingers. I was going to say more than the standard 11 fingers, because <laughs> I wasn't quite sure how many fingers your average person has. Wait, so let's say 11 is standard on the moon. Yeah. Anyway, it was pretty, uh, pretty stirring, wasn't it? I have to say. It gave it what for. It really did. In fact, what happened there, ladies and gentlemen, is um, Terry Manning was going down the street and he saw the Star Trek theme and he just happened to have a black velvet bag on him. <laughs> so he put the black velvet bag over the Star Trek theme and he dragged it into the bushes. <laughs> which I do not condone. And he got your synthesizer out and it was just... It's all a bit weird. Anyway, before that, Walter Carlos was walking down the street and he just happened to see What's Up Pussycat. Yes. And he happened to have a velvet bag. You could fill in the rest, listeners. It's a sordid business. It is. But he definitely, I think, as you said, probably got some copies of uh, Sounds from the Way In, Way Out, probably licked it a couple of times, absorbed it into his innards, thought, I can be this, I can do it. And then he did it. All that uh, What's Up Pussycat needs is a sweaty Welshman. A sweaty, <laughs> a sweaty Welshman. He's sort of, it's like he stuck a needle in it and sucked mm. the sweaty Welshman out, didn't he? Yeah. We won't be needing that. Yeah, we don't need any of that. It's, it's a crazy world, listeners. I hope you survive <laughs> it. I hope that you're piecing this together into some kind of sense. <laughs> it's part of that memory map that we talked about earlier. I have been DJ Bongo Boy, and I hope this week's show has made you feel like ringing a triangle in sheer delight. I have been MC Zaconium, and I hope you haven't found this episode too pointed. Now, this next track isn't at all new, or it's just a, it's just a track that I have to stumble across recently. I've got no other excuse, apart from the fact that it's just an extraordinary keyboard noodling coming up, dear listener, of a highly virtuosic nature. This is a Belgian keyboard maestro called Marc Moulin, who I'd not heard of until a couple of weeks ago, who in the early 70s released a few albums on the well-known Blue Note record label, with his band of the time called Placebo, not to be confused with the uh, more recent and altogether... Other, one, other bands. The... <laughs> With other bands of a similar name. But what I also didn't realise, this this gentleman had a second lease of life in the 80s, our favourite decade. <laughs> Once he discovered cocaine. <laughs> I was feeling rather down, and then I discovered cocaine. And you know, it pepped me right up. It's a good pick-you-up, that. Good pick-you-up. It is. Yeah, he turns out to be one of the founding members of that uh, well-known 80s synth-pop band, Telex. I have never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as listeners know... You do live in a hutch. My mind is regularly wiped. And your, and your mind is regularly wiped. I may have been one of the founding members, for all I know. <laughs> Was I? Uh, well, I can't possibly say mm. so. Can't possibly say. So we're going to leave you with this uh, quite a lengthy keyboard workout with some surprising changes of direction as well, dear listener. This is from a collection you can get called The Placebo Years, 1971-74, and it's a track of Mark Moulin's called Balek. Until next week, dear listener, the square of the hypotenuse is equal to the sum of the square of the other two sides. Now sling your hook! <laughs> <laughs>